Senhor, eu vejo o mundo triste. Please stand by. Greetings. It's always fun to uh, be with you. Uh, I'm coming from Rick Bonfim Ministries, and my name is Pastor Kyung Kim. Uh, by the way, uh, besides serving as the uh, um, uh, worship leader for the hotel church on Thursday nights, my main job actually is to pastor, pastor a church about 45 minutes from uh, Rick's office, um, and it is a joy to uh, lead a congregation and teach the Word of God. And it is a joy to uh, have this series, uh, Trappings of This World. And I want to start with reading of Mark chapter 4, which the Trappings of This World, the series is based on. Mark chapter 4, verses 14 uh, through 19. The farmer sows this word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they do, uh, since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Trappings like Satan trouble, persecution. But then there are trappings that come from within. The worries of life. Telling yourself that it's never enough. Being insecure. The deceitfulness of wealth. And the desires for other things. These are the things that Bible gives as a signs so that we would avoid these trappings. Because our ultimate prize of our journey is this. Coming of Jesus Christ. Amen? Coming of Jesus Christ. That's where we are heading toward. So we want to be found faithful and blameless. Justified and sanctified when He comes. We want to make it. In order to do so, we need to not become entangled by the trappings of this world. And the last one that we discussed, we talked about, was being deceived by wealth. By being deceived by wealth. Now today, we're going to talk about worries of life. Worries of life. Have you ever been entangled by the worries of this life? Now who wants to worry? Yeah, nobody, right? (laughs) Who wants to worry? But, how many have had worries? On a daily basis, probably, (laughs) right? It's not about whether we had, whether we worried or not, it's about how often, on what. So, I mean, we all don't want to worry about things, but all of us 
have had worries. Why? It's pretty simple, isn't it? Because we're not certain whether it will happen or not. That's what we worry about. We worry about the things that have not happened. And we're not sure it's going to happen or not. So, I mean, when we're talking about worries, really the good place is Jesus. All right. When talking about worrying about life, we have to look at what Jesus said, which is a good place to start. Matthew chapter 6, starting with verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. Well, <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> do not worry about your life. Well, Jesus, okay, <laughs> what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. I mean, all these things, right? He's telling us not to worry about the most essential and basic things of life. Some of the most basic and essential things of life. He's saying, don't worry about them. But then Jesus gives examples of why we shouldn't and how he provides. Listen to this. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. Now who created a bird? bird is God's creation, isn't it? God's creation. They... Neither sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your spent of life? Okay. So, but then what about clothing? Why do you about, why do you worry about clothing? He continues to say, consider the lilies of the field. Again, who created the lilies? God's creation. How they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. Yet if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you? And then He calls you of little faith. Yeah. And then He says, Therefore, do not worry. He says it again. Do not worry. Saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For it is the Gentile who strive for all these things. And indeed, your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first. Seek first for the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. And then, again he says, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. 
Today's trouble is enough for today. He said, do not worry three different times. In this passage, three different times. Verse 25, verse 31, and verse 34. Do not worry. Why? Number one, because God provides for His creation. He gave an example, right? Of the bird in the air and the lilies of the field. How God provides for them. God provides for His creation and that is His promise. And we are the creation above all creations. The best of all the good stuff. Have you ever thought of that? You are the best of God's creation. God said, oh, it was good. It was good. And then, on very last, His finishing touch, He created human being. Not just creating with word, but created the human being with His own hand, breathed His own breath, became image, the bearers of God's image as a creation. Wow! You are the best of all the good creations. Masterpiece of God's handiwork with His own breath. No other creation can claim that truth. Only us. If God provides for His creation, then we should totally expect God's providence. Totally expect God's providence with all our basic necessities and our needs. Do not worry. For God provides for His creation. And you are the best of it. Now also, do not worry. What? Verse 31, it says, do not worry. So that our focus will be on the bigger thing, which is His kingdom and His righteousness. God knows our needs and takes care of them so that our focus is on the kingdom. So then what do, you, what do we do to provide for our basic needs? We work for jobs, right? Yeah, we work for jobs. Am I saying quit your job? No. What's the purpose of having a job? That's what I'm getting to. What's the purpose of having a job? What if we shift our focus from putting food on the table, right? Putting food on the table and having a roof over our heads, but shift to see God's kingdom on earth. His kingdom and His righteousness. Rather than working for money, trusting that every need will be provided by our Heavenly Father, we work for the kingdom, whether we are bagging groceries, we work for the kingdom, whether we care for the patients, we work 
for the kingdom as we interact with customers who come to our businesses. And we work for the kingdom as we teach our students. How would that change our thinking and our mindset as we go to work each day? That's what Jesus is saying. All that we do is not for the money, but all that we do is for the kingdom. Now, do not worry, number three. Verse 34. It says, live for today. We are, why is that important? Live for today and not tomorrow? Because we worry about the things that have not happened yet. Right? So our focus, we're completely drowned by the things that haven't happened yet. But who has tomorrow? Who owns tomorrow? Tomorrow belongs to God. Don't take God's place. You do what you are called to do, which is today. As long as it is called today, that's when we that's where we live, today, and not tomorrow. And tomorrow belongs to the Lord. Do not worry. So Jesus gives this three reasons to not worry. One God takes care of His creation. God takes care of His creation. And you and I are best of His creations. Image of God. Number two, do not worry and focus on the kingdom of God. Focus on the kingdom of God and see how God comes through. Mm, Hallelujah, right? See how God comes through. And then three, as long as it is called today, that's where we live. Not tomorrow. Not for the things that haven't happened. We live today. Now, is worrying all that bad? question then is, how can this entangle us as we journey toward the return of Christ? That's the promised land that we're going toward. How can this entangle us? Well, let's look at the people of God in the Old Testament. Because God brought Israelites from the slavery of Egypt. And when God did that, there was a promise attached to it. Remember that? There was a promise attached to this exodus. And that promise was the promised land. They were to go into the land that is, that, uh, is uh, the mil- uh, milk and honey. This great land that they will reside. Now, it took some, quite some time. It took some 40 years or so, right? They failed again and again 
to trust God. Constantly worrying about what to eat and drink. They did. Constantly worrying about what to eat and drink. Even though God continued to provide for them. Manna. Right? And when they needed water, God provided water. But because of their unbelief, they did not make it to the promised land. What now? They did not make it to the promised land? Yeah. Because of their worries overwhelming them from trusting God, they did not receive the promised land that God had intended for them. Those first generation died in the desert, in the wilderness. It's the new generation, new people, new generation. They are the ones who are to now go into the promised land. Now, Numbers 13, they're, this is like, uh, they're in the red zone, per, uh, uh, for a uh, football uh, metaphor speaking. They're in the red zone, okay? They're ready to go in. Alright? Now, num- uh, Numbers 13, Moses sent 12 spies into the land of Canaan. And they spent 40 days, so they had plenty of time, 40 days spying out the land. And so this is what happened. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the Israelites in the wilderness of Paran, at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land and they told him we came to the land to which you sent us it flows with milk and honey and this is its fruit I'm sure they brought this big giant just scrumptious looking fruit right yet the people who live in the land are strong and the towns are fortified and very large and besides we saw the descendants of Anak there, and the Malachites live in the land of Negev, the Hittites, uh, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live by the sea and along the Jordan. Now, this is the report. They're basically reporting what they saw. Okay? They're reporting what they saw. Now, here's a Caleb. Quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it. Now all this report was gi- uh, was being uh, given. I'm sure everybody was like wondering, oh, wow, this is this something that we can do? And then Caleb was be- just being pumped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he finally said, let's go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the man who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go up against this people. So, see, until this far, this point, it was the report of what they saw. But now, this is their interpretation. Alright? The report, yes, it was the fact that the land is great and the big people live there and the cities are fortified. Okay? 
this report. Now, this is their, their interpretation from the spying, the land. We're not able to go up against these people, for they are stronger than we. So they brought to the Israelites an unfavorable report of the land that they spied out, saying, The land that we have gone through as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people that we saw in it are of great size. Now, is this a fear or worry? Now, those who have been in the church for a long time probably heard this story before. And we've usually associated this passage with fear. Right? And yes, it is fear when looking at this in perspective of potential danger. Right? The uh, descendants of Anak, the Malachites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, and the Canaanites. Basically the strong people and the fortified cities. Okay? They are bigger and stronger. And if we go there, we're going to get killed. See, that's fear. So there's the danger aspect. But we often forget this. Why are they there anyway? What brought them there? Remember when they were when they were taken from Egypt? God brought them out with what? A promise. Promise of God was there. And the promise was there, and if so, who were to give this land to the Israelites? Promise was there, then who were to give this land to the Israelites? Looking at the perspective of God's promise, it was, they were filled with worries. What I'm saying is this. Yes, fear overtook them. And once they were overwhelmed by the fears, they were consumed by the worries that God wouldn't be there for them. Consumed by the worries that they had forgotten about the promises of God. They worried that God wouldn't deliver them. Even though God was there for them. Again and again providing for them. Winning the battles for them. He was always faithful. Yet, when they were at the door about to knock, about to go into the promised land, they were filled with worries. They, except Joshua and Caleb, were full of worries, and the worries entangled them from reaching the promised land. The worries entangled them from claiming promise that God had for them. Here is truth, friends. God is faithful. God is love. 
God provides, God will deliver. So what are we worrying about today, right? Are we overwhelmed by the uncertainties? Okay, are we overwhelmed by the uncertainties rather than the faithfulness and the victorious power of God, which is certain and sure? God's promise, God's faithfulness, God's victory is sure and certain. Yet we are worried by the uncertain things. Yes, sickness, loss of jobs, loss of business, viruses, terrorism. I mean, we can name things. And all of us can, I'm sure, pull out from our hearts. Here are the things that I worry about. Here are the things that I have worried about. Here are the things. things I worry about my kids. I worry about my parents. I worry about losing my jobs. I worry about traveling back and forth. I worry about catching COVID. Worry, worry, worry. There are reasons to worry. I know. But God is faithful. So here's the answer. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Memorize it. Internalize it. Bury deep into your heart so that it will not be removed from you. Do whatever you got to do. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We are replacing the worries of this life with faithfulness of God and the love of God is what we're doing. We're replacing the worries of this life with what God has in store for us. We're letting God to come through when we come with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. We're letting God come through with His promise for His children, which is you and I, the greatest of all creations, by letting Him have it. Alright? Let God have the things that we worry about. Let God have the things that we worry about and see what God will do. The worries of this life have kept the Israelites from entering and claiming the promise of God. Many have dropped out of race because of the worries of this life. You and I, my friends, we will overcome the worries because we believe in the certainty of promise of God and the faithfulness of God. And we will rather pray pray about it and not, re- I'm seriously, pray to God with it. And we will overcome. 
May we be found faithful by our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we choose to give up our worries. We choose to claim your promise today. Tomorrow belongs to you. All these uncertain things of of life belongs to you. Our Creator who provides for His creation. He will come through for those who bear the image of God. All of us. So we praise you this day. We thank you. And we will make it. We will overcome these worries. Thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.